Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I should be on vacation, but it seems like the world may need me right now. So I'm heading off the beach and over to Sunbury Motors Hyundai for Christmas and July savings on all new Hyundais. If you're looking for an SUV, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has over 70 SUVs on sale until July 31st. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 28 Hyundai Konas in stock with $34.97 off starting at $18,583. If a Hyundai Tucson is on your wish list, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 22 in stock. Starting at $23,343 and qualifies for 0% for 72 months. Remember, all new Hyundais come with America's best warranty 10 years, 100,000 mile powertrain, and 5 years, 60,000 mile base warranty. Moving up in size is the Hyundai Santa Fe with 0% for 72 months plus a $1,950 discount. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 20 in stock starting at $27,552. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. <laughs> Home renovation is a very personal experience, and the end result should leave you falling in love with your new space over and over again. And achieving that takes attention to detail, care, and investment in quality. The expert kitchen and bath designers at Lewisburg Builder Supply know what that means, and they're ready to help you with free in-house measurements, free computer design, and recommendations on the pros who can help you get the job done right the first time. Call today at 523-1248 to schedule an appointment or visit lewisburgbuilders.com to use our online appointment feature. The Kitchen and Bath Design Center at Lewisburg Builder Supply, 160 Hafer Road in Lewisburg. In recent days, staying connected has meant more than ever before. At Penteladata, we thank our frontline workers for giving us the hope that tomorrow will be better and for letting us do our part in keeping everyone connected with schools, families, and friends, even while being apart. As America slowly and carefully returns to work, we're here to help your business come back smarter, bigger, and better than before with a fiber network that will keep us all connected and move us forward. Penteladata Fiber Networks. I'm Tamara Persang, Vice President of Patient Care Services and Chief Nursing Officer at Evangelical Community Hospital. We understand the fear and uncertainty the COVID-19 pandemic can cause, but it's important that you continue to make your health a priority and address issues promptly. At Evangelical, we are taking extra precautions to make sure you are as safe as possible when you visit us for care. We are screening patients and employees, separate testing and care areas for COVID-19 patients and patients suspected of having COVID-19. Everyone is required to wear a mask. We've configured our waiting areas to allow you to continue practicing physical distancing and we are still restricting visitors. You can be confident in seeking your care at the hospital or one of our many specialty practices. Visit evanhospital.com backslash virus for more information or call our COVID-19 hotline 570-522- Four five three out. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us. On the show today, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The Phillies and Jays 
uh, will not be playing this weekend. So it looks like the earliest they'll play is Monday. It, it turns out that all the players are testing negative. A coach tested positive, and the home clubhouse attendant tested positive. So that's the story with uh, with the Phillies. Uh, the ACC, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, is going to go uh, 10 plus 1. And Notre Dame, for the first time in 132 years, gets to play for a conference championship. Um, and that is... Uh, I mean that. I mean that's amazing, really. Oh, and all right. It's the suit's birthday today. That is correct. All right. Hold on. I didn't realize we had to. We had to. Uh, we had to pay a certain homage, I suppose. <laughs> I. I completely and completely admit that. Um, I totally forgot it was his birthday. Uh, something about priorities. Don't know what that means. Um, no? That's not. Did you pay the proper homage? Um, not in person, but on social media I have. On social media? Correct. I keep forgetting to do it in person, so if he's listening, happy birthday, Kev. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. And uh, might as well have our tribute. Let's see here. Uh, I'm at the so let's see here. Let's get to this part here. Let's, see, let's move this ahead. Because I want to make sure we get this, you know, really sets the right tone for all of this. Um, because it is the suit's birthday. It's very important. So, since it's very important. We were all holding our breath. Yeah, so. Um, and. Happy birthday to 
much later that night. There... Yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, we figured Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates it. Well, I know. Check on social media. I'll have to do that. <laughs> what do you think? I like it. So what has the reaction been to, uh, I mean, what? Here, here you go. And I mean, just want to, what's the reaction being been to no PIAA fans? Wait, hold on. Happy I just think it's the only appropriate way to do that. Uh, it's, you know. That's probably the best you, thing for him because, yeah, he's got really nothing to celebrate. With everything getting he has canceled. Nothing to, it, well, he has a life to celebrate. Look at everything he's accomplished. Oh, all right, so... Um, uh, <laughs> He's at home right now, so he's probably not. He always takes his birthday off, so I assume he's not in today. No, he's been in. What? Yeah, he's been in full he day always, today. Are you kidding me? On this show, he every year on this show, he took the day off. Oh, I want my birthday off. He says, don't you take your birthday off? I say, are you nuts? <laughs> nope, he's been in all day today. Wow. Wow. Well, what's the reaction been to no fans in the stands for PIAA games? In other words, all these high school football games would have no fans. From from the, from him or from everybody else around here? No, people you talk to. Oh, everyone's yeah, not happy. There's a lot, a lot of angry parents, especially parents of seniors, and rightfully so. Well, it's not, you know, it's more than. Uh, let, let me tell you a story that I tell in my class. Um, and so I've been texting with Lamar Stevens, who we're trying to set something up. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. My apologies. Uh, let's see. Oh, Lamar wants to wish the suit happy birthday. I'll pass it along. Well, don't. It would be a lie. Uh, so. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> Steve, who's the suit? <laughs> then I'd have to explain it. You know. And I'd have to explain everything. Uh, when I talk to my class... Uh, about doing a sports guy. It's always their first assignment. And I say, look, if you're on campus, you're going to do a sports cast. And it's a Friday night in September, October. Your lead story is going to be, unless there's something like what's happened here with the Phillies and the Jays, okay? Um, And so, you know, that would be the lead story. The Phillies and Jays aren't playing this weekend. So no matter what, that's going to be the lead story. But on a normal, okay, life's okay weekend, which most of them are, okay, so you're on the campus radio station. The lead story is Penn State football plays tomorrow against pick team. Okay. All right. So you do that. I said, but if I move the station a half mile off campus... I said, your lead story is going to be high school football coming up tonight. You have a different audience. Even a half mile off campus, you have a different audience. On campus, you got a campus audience, a student audience. But a half mile off campus, now I have a county audience. Okay. And when... um. I said, so you would leave with high school football. I said, then you'd throw the Penn State story at the end once you do a few other stories. I said, here's the reason why. If all five Center County teams, and I'm taking Center County as the example just because of where I'm located, you have five high schools in Center County. State College, Belfont, Baldigalaria, Penns Valley, Phillipsburg, Osceola. If all five are playing at home on a given Friday night, and I tell my students this, you could have as many as 25,000 people attending a high school football game in the confines of the county. Okay? Center County, for the sake of argument, we'll say is 150,000. Now, 30 to 40,000 40, of that are students of the 160, so it's 120 of everyday population, but there's, but so we'll say 150 to round it. All right. So that means one in every six individuals in Center County on that given Friday night, one out of every six, could be attending a high school football game. It's not just the people in the stands are there. I said for various reasons. Parents are there to see their child play student body is there to see their school play or their buddies. The parents of the band are there. The parents of the cheerleaders are there and their friends. The parents of the color guard are there because high school football is more than just the game. 
I said, and you have fans of the opposing team there as well. So when you're talking about no fans at a PIAA event, you're looking at not just the football player families. You're not just you're not just looking at them. You're looking at the student body. You're looking at the parents of the band. You're looking at the parents of the cheerleaders. You're looking at the parents of the color guard. That's if that's if they're allowed to go in. And you know, there's there's a bunch of provisions you have to put in here, including what what Kevin and, and the chief would do. You know, what about broadcasting the games? You should be able to broadcast them, but how are you going to set it up? Now, if there's nobody go- now, I should say this: it should be actually easier to set up for broadcast for this reason. If there's nobody in the in the stadium, you can socially distance a press box with complete ease because some people may have the ability to sit outside. There's nobody in the stands. It's my way of making Kevin feel better on his birthday. But that's if schools allow it. That's really hasn't been specified under the media guidelines that were given out by the PIAA yesterday. Basically just says press box access is going to be, it could be limited. You have to tell the school ahead of time if you're coming to a game. And and, and just goes on and on. Post-game access but- is, is pretty limited. Post-game but in theory, you is, could. You're right. You could post-game access is, is for the newspaper people. I mean, that's the, okay. So from the broadcast part of it, that's irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't. I mean, we don't sit there and talk to anybody after the game, do we? Right, not for radio, but I'm just talking media in general, covering whether you're yeah, broadcasting I, the game or getting highlights or whatever. Right, I understand that. Um, but you're gonna. I mean, if you're the PIAA. You're going to have to have these games broadcast. You need to. You have to be able to reach out to the to the people in the area to begin with somehow, some way. You're going to have to have them broadcast. This goes back to what I said back on March the 10th, 11th, when they were talking about we were doing the show, and it was before the Indiana-Nebraska basketball game. So it was that Wednesday night. I think it was, what, March the 10th, right? March the 11th? One of the two. And I said, sports at least has the ability, which we're seeing play out at the moment, to have that intermediate step, that you can still play events, not at fans, but can still have them and broadcast them. It's only common sense. Now, this would mean that the suit would be in the Shikalemi bubble for three months and you won't be able to see him. No? Oh, I'm we'll trying see. to make your day. I'm trying to make your day better.
Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. The uh, show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf. By the way, who has Hyundai? Sunbury Motors has Hyundai. And it's Christmas in July. Right, great sale going on right now. Do you have what we had Friday for the play-by-play call today as our second birthday tribute? <laughs> I, I will pull it up real quick. If you could do that, that would be great. Um, is I have he it. still Here we in go. the? Is he still in the building? The room? He's he's across. He's in the newsroom across the hall. He'll hear it. Back to pass, looking it? all the way to Titus. Pick six coming. Krieger, good touchdown, Shikalami. Krieger saw what I saw. Do you see what I see? <laughs> way up in the sky, little lamb. He's laughing. He's Do right next to me. Do you see what I see? Oh my God. Love and life. Yes. <laughs> uh, happy birthday to the suit. And, uh, he, I mean, he's a rarity as a parent. I mean, he really is. Uh, he, he, he was talking to Suit Light, and he said, Dad, what can I get you as a gift? He said, Cash works. I mean, it doesn't go that way. You're the father. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't get it. Uh, all right. Uh, oh man. I mean, I have this note here. I, they they're allowed to message me on here, and it says, "By the way, it's the suit's birthday." Dot 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 dot. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> all right, so. The Phillies are not going to play this weekend against the Blue Jays. They're right now dry docked until Monday. They had a positive test with a coach, and the home clubhouse guy had a positive test. All right. So that's what they did. So they're going to shut it down and not. Now, all the players have tested negative. The NBA returns tonight. Zion Williamson in New Orleans against Utah at 6.30 on TNT. Clippers and Lakers at 9 on TNT. So two games tonight. The NHL, they're playing preseason. The Islanders played the Rangers last night, and guess what? They got into a fight. (laughs) Okay, over here, it's COVID-19. You want to be like... Trading in the middle of the ice? Okay. Even the Flyers and Pens didn't fight. No. Uh, that's been the Flyers' problem. They don't fight anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding about that. Um, so that that's back. Uh, Gary Bettman, we'll see how this plays out, but Gary Bettman deserves... A level of credit here 
Adam Silver is going to get his level of credit for what's going on because he has, over the years, cultivated a very good and solid relationship with the players. You can tell that, for the most part, they respect him. So the NBA continues with its level of labor peace because it seems, while not perfect, most times they appear to be on the same page. And the good of the league is important to both sides. The NHL over the years has had some rocky times. They've had three lockouts under Bettman, I believe. But not in this case. In this case, Gary Bettman worked with the players A, to create two bubble areas, Toronto and Edmonton. Then, the start, he said, look, he said, if training camps start on this date, when can you be ready? And he and he told the players, okay, don't just do it, give us an answer that we think we need to hear. He says, we want to know what the real answer is because you haven't skated for months, and we don't want to do anything where you're not. I mean, he was blunt with them about it. He said, look, you tell us exactly how long you need, and that's how we're going to schedule it. You tell us. We're not going to tell you. You're the one out there getting it done. How much time do you need to re-ramp? And they did. And that's how, that's why August 1st ended up being the date they're going to start because the players told them this is how much time they needed to ramp up. Then during the course of this, they extended the collective bargaining agreement by four years. So they've got six years of labor piece coming up. So for all the time that you can be critical of somebody, and Gary Bettman has been criticized over time, you also have to make sure that when you think that they're doing something right and they've done it well, you have to give them credit where credit is due. And Gary Bettman deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing. When it comes to the Phillies and the Jays, I'm not going to sit here and say I know all the protocols for Major League Baseball. But I want to take you to something that is it's not COVID-19, but it, it'll help illustrate a point. In the NFL, on concussion protocol, when a game is played, you have an independent neurosurgeon in the stadium who has the ability at any point to say, you know what, he needs to be checked. They have no dog in the hunt. The only responsibility they have is player safety. It's the only responsibility they have. So at any time, they can pull a player out and say, X player needs to go and has to go through concussion protocol during the game. Now, the player may be fine, and the player comes back into the game. That happens. But there are also sometimes they say, nah, you can't come back. That person has the independence to do it. You have heard nobody complain about his or her independence to do it. Everybody knows it's for the betterment of everybody involved that he or she is doing that job. Does baseball before every game need that individual to look around and say, uh, not comfortable with this, we're not playing today? Because that is what didn't happen on Sunday in Philadelphia. The Marlins already knew they had positive players. 
and there seemed to be no way or a mechanism in place from the Major League Baseball level with a protocol to say, hey, look, I don't think we're going to play today. Just a thought. Now the Iowa story. An external review of Iowa's football program found an environment where many black players felt bullied and demeaned and recommended that Coach Kirk Ferentz and Athletic Director Gary Barta take steps to improve the culture. Iowa commissioned the review conducted by Missouri-based firm Hush Blackwell. When you're trying to investigate and bring something into the open, you don't want the first word to be hush, do you? I'm just kidding. Hush Blackwell, after claims from more than 60 former players in early June about racial uh, inequities in the football program. The review found many positive... Okay, let's start with this. And I've talked about this since day one. The review found many positive comments from former and current players about Kirk Ferentz. And this is something I pointed out a month ago. Anytime you've seen comments about Iowa football from their former players, he comes out well. But this report did identify three members of the coaching staff on field or from the strength and conditioning program who, quote, abused their power and verbally abused and bullied players. Now, we already know the longtime strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle, has been let go. Now, he was let go to the tune of $1.1 million, which is 15-month salary as part of the agreement. Hush Blackwell said it is providing four personnel reports summarizing specific allegations of mistreatment by current and former Iowa football players. Several players told investigators that Iowa's issues around race were not just a Chris Doyle problem and that Doyle should not be a scapegoat for broader issues. Now, Ference and Barta have been having a press conference this afternoon. It actually took place at 2, so it's already done. Uh, Bruce Harold, president of the University of Iowa, said, I've read the report. It's clear that the climate and culture must and will change within our football program. Um and Kirk Ferentz said, I want to apologize for the pain and frustration they felt at a time when I was trusted to help each of them become a better player and a better person. Hush Blackwell spoke with 111 people, including 45 current and 29 former Iowa football players and 36 current and former employees of the program. Now, I respect that, and that's for this reason. You've heard me say this before. I cannot stand cannot stand or stomach when I see a report that says, and we talked with 800 people. I really don't care if you talked to 800 people. Did you talk to the 40 that were relevant? Numbers don't impress me. It's who you talk to. Okay, Numbers are trying to impress everybody about how thorough you were. Okay, Well, to me, when you do that, you're a fraud. Okay? I want to know substance. Did you talk to the people you needed to talk to? That's all that matters. The number of people you talk to is irrelevant. Okay. Now here it's a 111, so it's 45 current players. 
29 former players. Okay, so that's 74. Then you add in the 36 current and former employees of the program. They're all relevant because you're looking at a history of it here. So they're relevant. It's like the Ted Wells report. We talked to 400 people about the Dolphins problem. I'm like, what the heck? You talked to 400 people? Get out of here. Don't impress me with your numbers. I read the report. It wasn't very good. Um, A coach told investigators that he doesn't believe Iowa runs a racist program, but that it has been hurt by having one or two coaches holding too much power. That same coach echoed many of the players' allegations in saying it's more difficult for black players because they have to conform to different standards. A second coach stated that Iowa players have told him that the Iowa way means you have to act like a white person and cannot be yourself. Several players interviewed told investigators they thought Iowa's team rules targeted black players, with one saying coaches use restrictions to eliminate black culture. Many former players said Iowa's black players were subject to harsher and more frequent discipline than their white teammates. By the way, some of the white teammates echoed that. According to the report, a coach said he brought up the differences in treatment to Kirk Ferentz a couple of times over the last four years with no resulting change. A separate report by Iowa Athletics Diversity Task Force also cited an employee who said that black players received harsher punishments and did not feel welcome in the football building. Ferentz told investigators he read the Diversity Task Force report in 2019 and shared relevant information with his staff. A coach told Hush Blackwell that black players were held to different standards regarding weight loss and weight goals, but did not inform anyone due to fear of retaliation. Several former players described verbal abuse they received from coaches, including a black former player told investigator, it seems like every black player had two strikes the day he entered Iowa. I was either a criminal or a dumb MF'er uh, to those guys. Hush Blackwell investigators found that many players, though, had many comments positive about Kirk Ferentz and also had many positive comments about their position coaches, but still felt unhappy and unwelcome. Remember, when you're with the strength and conditioning staff, during the year, there's a lot you actually spend more time with them than your position coach sometimes because of the limits. Again, I am still, I've said this once and I've said it many times. More contact with the coaches, your position coach, your head coach. Okay, I I still say that's a better path than saying, okay, you can't be around them, can't be around them, can't be around all this time. You're not allowed to be around them, but only this group can be around them. And in Iowa, I think it's a, it's it turned out to be an issue. Now, of course, uh, we're fortunate in our area. Darrell Johnson Culianos, who set all those records at Iowa is here in our area. He's an assistant coach at Bloomsburg. And we know for a fact he thought that do you see what I see is funny. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's like the rest of the audience. I always try to, it's the suit's birthday. We're trying to work him in wherever we can today. Is that bad? It's always appreciated on his part. By the way, anywhere he goes today, if you could stop him and say happy birthday, that'd be really great. (laughs) 
I mean, anywhere he goes. In fact, right now, how many people are in the building now? A handful. Like four or five of us, maybe, including him. Have all of them said happy birthday to him, or just you? Uh, I'm going to say at least two, maybe three, including me. What's what's wrong with the other people? Don't they understand Christmas in July? All right, back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, so Big Ten athletic directors, I believe, had their weekly conference call this morning. It's an emergency meeting. Uh, no. So between 7 and 10 every Thursday. Uh, and Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune wrote uh, a piece this morning. Now, this is before the meeting. About what some of the considerations happen to be, and of course, he, you know, he's using a, a source, and you know, and, and Teddy's been on the show before, so Teddy always does a great job. Um, the Big Ten football schedule could could be out as early as tomorrow, probably no later in the middle of next week. So, starting tomorrow, we'll start looking for this. Um, the consideration it looks like is they want to go with a 10 game schedule okay uh, and they say the most likely plan according to Teddy is a 10 game schedule that would actually begin September 5th they would like to front load these are all things we've talked about so there's going to be no surprises in here They would like to front-load the six divisional games. Although Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose said in mid-July that he preferred to maybe start with a cross-division game, maybe a couple of those, then play the six in the middle, and then have two cross-division at the end. But it looks like it's going to be the six division games at the front. Uh, there could be anywhere from three to five open dates to allow for the possibility of teams having to quarantine for 10 days. But barring a late switch, the schedule will be front-loaded with division games because those tend to require shorter travel, less risk. Okay. Now, they were talking about buses versus planes. This part I disagree with. You know, you're not on a plane that long, as opposed to being on the bus for a long time. I mean, I know, you know, Penn State, they bust to Maryland, they bust to Rutgers. You know, I, I've got that. But, you know, those are four, four-and-a-half-hour bus trips. You can get on a plane and, look, yeah, you're going to have to take a bus from the airport to the hotel. But still, that the plane trip is an hour. That's why that part I disagree with. Uh, they say they feel no pressure from the SEC, ACC, or Big 12. They say, if we can safely do it, we're going to do it. It's as simple as that. So that's what they're looking at as possibilities in a September 5th start. Now, when it comes to the bye weeks, and and when it comes to division play and bye weeks, this is what I would propose. Everybody out of the gate on September 5th, 
But then the next weekend, or maybe two weeks after that, one division plays and the other one's off, and then that division's off and the other one then plays. That way you get Big Ten football every weekend, so you stagger the bye weeks between the two divisions. That way you've got Big Ten football on TV every weekend. Just a thought from this small corner of the world.